The Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast is brought to you by Wilbur Curtis. Wilbur Curtis gives you some of the best batch brewers around. They're so consistent. They're insane. You can program them. Your coffee's going to taste better than it ever has. And if you don't want to deal with that, guess what? It comes pre-programmed, so don't even worry about it. Also, this family-owned company has gone full solar, full green, full awesome. You know what that means? That means the sun comes down. They get the power. The power powers the plant where they create the brewers, and those brewers come out to us ready to go. Have you ever heard of a seraphim? Not just an angel, folks. No, folks. That is a tasty, tasty brewer for by-the-cup coffee. Even the coffee nerds can get a nice little shower head, program that thing. You heard of the clover? This is the new new. Seraphim, angel, ring down, happy coffee. Everything is coming together for you. If you hit up Wilbur Curtis and my friend Brent Curtis, who I've seen, who has kids, have seen. Of course, I've seen him. He's a great guy. He helps us out all the time takes his kids to Disneyland we have the best time as well this family-owned company treats people right they do a great job they're becoming the premier place to get your coffee equipment for batch brewing do it to it and if you need a water boiler guess what they have that too okay (laughs) bye-bye Hey guys, welcome to the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast. Chris and Jerry, if you couldn't tell, we were just ripping it up. That's a freebie. <laughs> yeah, you guys thought that was Hall and Oates? I know. I know. Each additional one is $10. Yeah, usually I play Hall. <laughs> We're going to get into the podcast, but before we jump in, we just had a couple quick updates and wanted to bring you some really awesome news. We've been nominated in the 2016 Spreadgy Awards, and we think that is amazing in multiple categories. Multiple categories. We're feeling pretty good. Our friend Real Chris Baca over here got himself a YouTube nomination for his channel. I think you should check it out and vote for him. If you haven't checked it out yet, he's got it. Best coffee video slash film. Check that out. And Chris is in adult film. I'm in adult <laughs> filmmaking. I'm an adult making film. Exactly. Everybody knows what that means. So that's one nomination. And then Cat and Cloud proper, two nominations, one for Best New Cafe and the other one for Best Coffee Podcast, which so, you're listening to right now. Yeah. And if you like, listen to it. And uh, we hope you do because that's why you're here. Please go ahead and pop on over to Spredge. What is it? Spredge.com. We'll put the link up. It's Spredge.com slash vote. Yeah. And please vote for us. That'd be really sick to win this thing. We actually got nominated last year before we even had a company, and that was humbling as well. Two years in a row is kind of... It's feeling really, really cool, and I'm super proud of the things that we're doing over at the shop and in life, and I'm really happy to have the team we have, so it'd be really cool to bring it home for them. Yeah, it's amazing. So whoever nominated us... Thank you. Yep. That's awesome. Um, three categories is kind of insane. Yeah. It's been a crazy year. It's not to mention it's a worldwide contest. So right. There's a lot of other awesome people on there, too. That's true. So shout out to everyone who is on that list of nominees. That's bad to the bone. Yeah. But shout out to all the people pushing specialty coffee forward. Thanks so much. Yeah. We love it. Anyway, we were just literally just amping yeah. so hard that we just had to drop that. Yep. So thank you so much to all the people who give us the love and support that you do. Spreads.com slash vote. And now we're off to the podcast. Loving you is easy because you're beautiful. Ah. 
All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast. This is Chris and Jared. I can see Jared's little leg and his Purge tattoo, and we are on a call with Ann Nylander. Ann, we've known for a very long time. Ann is a specialty coffee growth strategist, which we'll talk a little bit more about what that means, but a little background on Ann. She's been a coffee consultant for a long time. She's worked for the Specialty Coffee Association of America. She worked at Starbucks Reserve Roastery, and way back in the day, we were both on the Barista Guild of America Executive Council together. Hello, Ann Nylander. Hello. Welcome. Also, I didn't mention that Ann Nylander is, in fact, the protector of the free world. I believe it was Universe. Oh, Universe, yeah. (laughs) That's my bad. She rolls with He-Man. Oh, She-Ra. Yeah, protector and master. That's By funny, the power of I'm, usually, I'm usually referred to as Highlander because it rhymes oh. with my name. Mm, but I'll be she too. Yeah. And Highlander. Chopping <laughs> <laughs> head, dude. Classic Anne. So Anne, where do you li- where do you live? What's your what's your vicinity for the people in the world? Where are you at? I, I hail from the great Pacific Northwest, um, which I've returned to now. So I'm based out of Seattle, Washington. Um, but I've also lived all over, so I lived in New York for six years. I lived in L.A. for three years, um, and I lived in Boston for a year. So the only territory of the states I haven't really hit is uh, the southeast. Ooh, but there's Maybe still one time. Day. Yeah, there's still time. Yeah. I went to Atlanta this spring. It was really nice. Us too. Yeah. We high-fived a couple times. I was like, I feel like I saw you guys for like a hot, hot second in Atlanta. Yeah. It was a real hot second, real quick. We were like equally yeah. as busy as we are when we've done our competitions in the past, if not more. Yeah. Um, and maybe twice yeah. as handsome. <laughs> <laughs> probably. He probably got better rest. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe not. Maybe you did the opposite. Um, that's oh one my. of the things that I think is really funny about you, too. I remember when the first time that I... Do you guys remember when I came out to visit you? Oh, yeah. How way back forget? in the day. You slept on our couch and we made beverages and foods and yeah. Didn't you make us latkes, yeah. latkes or something? I made you guys uh, spanakopita, that's which right. is like a Greek pastry that's delicious. If anybody that wants fun. it sometime, just hit me up. That was fun. We went, we went to the uh, 41st Avenue Liquors, that store that's awesome, <laughs> right by the laundromat and just got it together i don't remember what we drank though but it was good probably uh, duchess ian levine could... made us cocktails he was our ian made us cocktails. yeah yeah but the important takeaway was that i came and i was like oh yeah chris jared they're so cool we're gonna have so much fun and party so hard and then i got there the first night and you guys were like uh it's 7 30 so we're gonna go to bed now because we're gonna like get up and go one of you had to open and the other one was like going to go surfing or go mountain climbing or something <laughs> athletic and wholesome. And I was like, oh, this vacation might be a little different. These guys don't but know managed, how to party. Yeah, I managed to convince you guys to drink a cocktail or two. <laughs> we had some cocktails with you. Uh, I'm actually reminded of that trip a lot because you took pictures of me for the class you were building for SCAA. And mm-hmm. Apparently I'm still in it, so every so often I get a text yep. a text photo of myself from random people I know who are like, 
Look at you. All <laughs> 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 the other yeah, photos. Funny. They're priceless. So for everybody listening, the photos are for like a customer service portion of the class. And you get to see two different Jareds. There's like angry, poor, disheveled, like bad customer service Jareds, like serving espresso, looking down at the counter. Everything's a mess. And then there's happy Jar, like looking you in the eye. Everything's clean. It's good. Except my dunce cap. How about your hat? Yeah. Yeah, your hat. No, it's a good hat. Come on. Um, Little like a conductor's hat from, uh, I don't know. Looks like something but a fox would wear. We're actually in the process of rewriting the service class now. Um, so, Jared, I th- well, some of your photos might stay, but they're probably going to be retired, um, sadly. Come take new ones. He's still here. No hat. <laughs> yeah, that's, better than that's true. Our service true. is better than it ever was then, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, that's and I bet also, also um, well, that was part of the thing. So I was talking to um, Ben Helt, who is doing the e-learning now for SCAA, and we were talking about how many people don't realize that both of the pictures are you. They're like, the first guy is like a loser, but the second <laughs> guy is Jared Truby, and he's really cool. <laughs> first it's guy really looks funny. like a total piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, well, mm. and guy. I was telling him about how hard it was for us to get those dirty dishes in the picture at Verve because the busters would come and just take them. And we were like, no, 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 we need dirty stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, but it is it is funny to look at that class now as it stands and realize how far our industry has come in terms of service. You know, like, there's this survey of a reaction of going into a cafe and it was like, how do you feel about the team that you're looking at right now? And the answers are like, you know, they look mad. It's okay. I'm used to grouchy baristas. Probably no one's going to greet me. Like every response to the survey was negative. One of them is let's try to cheer them up. Jeez. Or something. And it's like, wow. Like I know that was a bad example, but now to even have that be in there it's like oh we've come a long way yeah that's good uh, <laughs> still a ways to go though it's all because so. of your photos Anne. you have a great photo montage i was gonna say maybe it's because of your photos jared no 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 if, they, if you brought my photos now we'll show you some good service you want to come back down Anne? i'll lock in some photos for that's you it. i mean i've been so excited to hear about all of your guys's work on service uh with cat and cloud um and I think also sharing it with your audience has been really helpful. You know, every so often we have a new trend in coffee with, well, you guys talked about like the V60 trend, um, which was a good one. But um, it, I feel like since Charles Babinski won the USBC, it's become that service is a big trend right now. Mm. And it's, the first one where I'm like, yes, let's have a trend. It's not a gimmick. <laughs> let's sell more coffee. Let's be nice to people. And I think you guys are a big part of that. So oh, thanks. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, Ann Nylander, where did you come from and where do you go? Where do you come from? Cat Nigel. Yeah, what's your uh, copy superhero origin story before we get into what you're doing now? Uh, so my origin story. I started, I mean, technically, I've done coffee my whole life. Um, 
even since I was like a little, little kid, my parents used to give me Starbucks. They subscribed to Starbucks coffee and they would give me a little cup called coffee milk, which is basically a latte. Um, and so I grew up drinking coffee in Seattle and my coming of age was about the same time as the launch of Starbucks retail, you know, the big national explosion. So when I was in middle school, we would hang out at all the coffee shops. And then when I was in high school, I upgraded to like Vivachi and Bauhaus and all these cool Seattle coffee shops that no longer exist um, in the same locations. And then I moved to Boston and Boston is a very scary coffee town if you live in Seattle because in the morning it smells like Dunkin' Donuts. That's real. Hmm. Um, and it's kind of amazing. Um, so I hunted around looking for a coffee shop that was good. And that's when I ran into actually a manager of a cafe who I applied for a job there. And I had worked... Um, as a solo barista at a coffee cart in a grocery store in Seattle, um, my senior year of high school. And the manager of the store in Boston also had worked at that store. And so she was like, well, I'm hiring you because I know you can keep the store clean and you know how to count money. And do you know how to pour latte art? And I was like, I don't know what that is. So that was kind of the very, very start. <laughs> And then I skipped around for a while. I ended up in New York working for Joe, Joe the Art of Coffee. And that was right around the kind of impotence of all things happening in New York. You know, that's when Grumpy was starting and that's when um, more and more cafes were popping up. Gimme um, opened its second location. So we started just hanging out and doing a bunch of coffee stuff. And that's when I started consulting and volunteering for SCIA. And then I ended up with SCIA. And then Starbucks called me up and was like, hey, do you want to teach people how to make coffee? And I said, yes, please. I will take one of those. So I did that for a while. <laughs> now I'm doing my own thing again. And when I'm talking you to you guys. Yay. That's A to Z right there in a nutshell. That's cradle to the was... grave. Cradle to the now. <laughs> Hopefully not the grave yet. No, you got that's stuff not to the do. goal. Yes. What was the what was the reasoning for transitioning? So you're working in retail. What made you want to take the leap into the world of consulting and volunteering for the SCAA and later working for the SCAA? What was what was that like for you? When in New York? Yeah. Um, well, it was, you know, I was 25. I was very wise when I was 25 living Obviously. in New York. Me um, too. Ah, exactly. And what was happening was there were so many cafes opening, and the owners of the cafes had no idea what they were doing. Like, they really, they were... In New York, it's really interesting because owners are... Um, so excited about their ideas that they'll just start something, which is cool. But as someone who'd been in coffee, I'd been in coffee for about like two, three years. I competed and I was a judge and I was like, I know what I'm doing so much better than these people. They should pay me for me to teach them how to open their coffee shops. Um, and I'll go do my own thing. And 
I still remember I, I called my dad and asked him if I should do it. And he said, well, sure, you don't have any money anyway, so you have nothing to lose if your business goes broke, <laughs> which is what happened. So, <laughs> Yo, thanks, um, Dad. Dad, it was good advice. And it was a really fun time. Um, and I met some really great people. I still love my team from Tamp Tamp. And um, we also provided this service called Temp Tamp, where we would go in and substitute in different cafes. And people still talk about that. Like it was, you know, it was like pre Uber, Uber work, you know, guns for hire. <laughs> guns for hire. I, yeah. I remember when we were setting up the first Barista Guild of America camp on the executive council and we were brainstorming for names and you were like, we can't call it Tamp Camp because I already have a thing called Tamp Camp as part of Tamp Tamp. That's right. Because I had three branches. It was Temp Tamp, Tamp Camp, and Coffee Planners. And I, rem I remember because it was announced at SLS, Rick Reinhardt was like, yes, we are going to have this new thing. It's going to be called Tamp Camp. And I was like, wait a second, hold the phone. You will not. And then not. so I came, up with, I came up with the name Camp Pull-A-Shot, too, um, which we then used for, like, two years. Which... Dude, Camp Pull-A-Shot's the best name. <laughs> what did they you call just, it now? Did you just almost choke and die? I did, you almost yeah. killed her, dude. Yeah. Why are you trying to kill me, Jerry? Dude, Camp Polo Shot's um, a great name. It reminds me of like all the 90s and 80s movies that should be more famous. Exactly. Well, now they just call it Barista Camp. And Sick I don't know, name. Chris, do you, I don't know if you remember back when I was, when we were planning Barista Camp. Um, but, you know, it was, I want to say it was like Heather Perry and Scott's Lucy's idea more than anyone else's yeah um, i think so and the idea behind it was great because at the time we didn't have um any kind of like national community education focused activities for baristas um we had competitions but um at competition you're competing and um i think the folks who compete like you guys and there's people who are in the competitor community who really get a lot of benefit out of it. And you also are very collaborative together once you get to know each other, but kind of in that moment of at the competition, um, everybody's stressed, everybody's working on their stuff or practicing or looking for something that they forgot or polishing something. And I had so many conversations when I was on the executive council where people would say, oh, you know, I met this person and they were really mean to me. And I was like, what do you mean? That person's really nice. Like, it didn't really matter who it was. And I'd be like, when did you meet them? And they were like, oh, it was like backstage at a barista competition and they were like getting ready to go on stage. And I'm like, yeah, that's not going to be the best time to like meet someone because they're not thinking about what's happening in this interaction with the stranger, like they're focused on their routine. So we tried to do camp to have it be another avenue. But when even when we were planning it out, I remember just saying like, there's a challenge to the word camp, 
um, and it being camp and camp polish shot because it kind of lowers the value of the professional training and professional quality of the event. Gotcha. And so like, just like what you said, Jared, like, yeah, it invokes 1990s, you know, wet, hot American summer, which on the one hand is cool. On the other hand, if you're an owner and you're like, I'm going to send my barista to a thing, am I going to send them to a thing called camp? Especially <laughs> if it costs them. So right. it's still, it's still tricky. It's something we're working through now more and more, but. Understandable. But the title is basically important. I've been a cranky old lady since I was 26 and was like, I don't think we should have camp. That's too. What that's would you too call it? Like, what fun. would you call? Yeah. What, what's your name? Did you have suggestions? I, no I, I bet you did. I probably did. I've forgotten. Um, well, but like, so Roaster's Guild has Roaster's Guild Retreat. And mm. that sounds a little more pro, a little more, you know, and then there's summits. So I always wanted to do a barista trainer summit and maybe I still will. Now there's time. Now I can. So now you can. That sounds pretty official. Right? Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. It's like, hey, do you want to spend a few grand to go to camp pull a shot or should we go to barista trainer summit? Right. See how I, cho- I changed the voice for that one too. You did, you know, yeah. Just for effect. yeah. Very serious intonation. <laughs> Barista Trainer Summit, guys. You can tell by the tone of my voice, I'm very serious. I'm yeah. dead serious. So you've gone through these phases. You're no stranger to consulting. You volunteered with the SCAA, but you actually worked for the SCAA, too. Yep. What did I you did. do there? How did that... What's what's what going on like? there? What's yeah, going what on was that Anne? like? What's, what's up with Anne at the SCAA? So Anne at the SCAA answered so many questions so my role i was the membership coordinator which basically means i did customer service for scaa so if you send in an email to scaa to membership at scaa or info at scaa or um many other options if you call the office you'll get you'll speak to a lovely membership coordinator who will help you with whatever your question may be and um, for us in like the espresso world, we've got that, but I helped people in all areas of the supply chain, you know, a producer would call from Peru and want help getting a visa to come to the States and a new roaster would want to know about how to get financing or what equipment to buy. Um, and we didn't provide advice. We weren't consultants, but we would be connections. So we would say, oh, if you're looking, then you should talk to Probat or you should talk to Dietrich or you should talk to Loring. Here's all their information. Here you go. Have a nice day. Gotcha. So that's what I did times hundreds of inquiries a day. That's busy. So, yeah. You were the ultimate liaison. Busy. Yeah. Um, but it was a lot of fun. Like, I really helped, liked helping. Um, and I also worked on events, so I would be staff at barista camp um, or staff at the SCAA Expo, which was also a lot of fun. It was hanging out at the booth and saying hi to everybody. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty – I mean, I did other stuff too. I did marketing. And right. when you're at a nonprofit, you do More. all kinds of work. Totally. But, yeah. But yeah, I, I think one thing that's like 
there's kind of this, um, uh, what am I trying to say? Like a, not stereotype, but there's this like fascination with working at SCAA in the industry. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? I used yeah. to feel that way. I used to think it would be really cool to work for the SCAA. But then as time went on, I was like, there's no fucking way I would ever work for the SCAA. <laughs> and no disrespect to anybody that does or the SCAA. It just like it would not be my bag for sure. I would not be good at it because it just wouldn't be my thingy. I don't know. Yeah. So um, I think I was kind of in the same boat when I started at SCAA. I also really needed a job because I had my um, Tam Tamp was done and I needed work. So the, I, the getting a paycheck again, you guys probably know, like in your startup phase right now, like, can you imagine this like glorious day where like a steady paycheck comes into your bank account again? And you're just like, wow, I know exactly where the money is coming from. Um, Ballin'. <laughs> That was so great. It was so much fun. Um, but Rick puts it really well. He says that people who work for the SAA, they work right next to coffee, but they don't work in coffee. Oh, and right. So That's a great that, way to put it. Yeah. And it was just kind of a bummer, you know, like I would be doing stuff. One other thing is if anybody is listening, you should please send SCAA some coffee because none of the members send SCAA staff their coffee, and so there's no coffee at the office. <laughs> okay, so now now that we're here, this is great news. Where exactly, do you have the address like off the top of your head? I can look it up for you, it's in Santa Ana. Dude, we should uh, just make this happen right now, you know what I mean? We like, should swing by these... there on our way to our class we're gonna take. We really should, let's get these people some coffee, because I mean, the people that work at the SCAA, plus all the volunteers that make the events happen, they work pretty hard from what I can tell. They yeah. do a lot of stuff. Yeah. We should just fly we in there do. early, Chris, and go by there, spend like an afternoon there. Oh, yeah. You guys ready for fun. the address? I've got it. You just spray it out right now to everybody listening. It is 117 West 4th Street, Suite 300, Santa Ana, California, 9 2701. Send them coffee, people. Boom. Coffee. Yay. Merry holiday season, everyone. Yeah. I feel, like, I feel like you just did a good deed there, Anne. I feel like I did too. <laughs> I feel like you have a very, yeah, I was going to do a Rudolph joke, but it's not going to work out. <laughs> I feel like you have a very red nose, Anne. Yeah, I was like, jeez, <laughs> let's start with I, some issues. I love it. Jared was like, Chris, I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> I wasn't going to do the cocaine joke on accident. <laughs> I feel like you're different than the other reindeer. <laughs> I feel like you, you got this energy. I am, guys. I'm a little different. Jerry, you need a pop right now? It's because I asked people to send me coffee. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. But... Smokes. So <laughs> I can't control myself. So now you're a specialty coffee. Crappie. Crappie. Crawfish. Specialty coffee. Growth strategist. Specialty crayfish. Growth strategist. What does that mean? Excellent question. Um, and it's actually something I'm still kind of figuring out um, because um, I am trying to strike a balance between 
working with companies and with individuals um, in order to make them get better. So what I've learned from my experience working in all these different places, doing all these different things, is that there's been this conversation I've had with people privately about how to grow their career or how to build their business or improve uh, their merchandising or um, how to host a micro event that ends up being a great success for your company. Um, These are all things I've done in the past and sometimes I've done it for free and sometimes I've done it for money. And as I was working with SCAA or not SCAA, but also SCAA and also Starbucks, both of them, I was realizing more and more that I was having these conversations over and over and over again. And so now I'm saying, wait a second, okay, is there a way that I can start sharing this information more publicly and in a way that's valuable to to people so that, you know, it's not just me saying the same thing over and over when I'm meeting someone for the first time, it's we're creating a community that actually helps everybody grow. So go on. Go ahead, Jer. Oh, no, I was going to say, is this when you're speaking of this, is this in reference to anything specific or is this like, is this career paths? Is this all inclusive? Are you, are you getting it? You know, like you said, you're working with this balance between individuals and companies. So, Mm -hmm. you know, without obviously giving away your entire strategy, (laughs) <laughs> what are what is maybe a thing that individuals keep bringing to you versus something that maybe you'd be working with companies? So um, one of the biggest things, so I've started now a website and fnylander.com. If anyone wants to go visit it, I hope you do. Um, and a couple of things have come up right away that I've already launched and put on my site. Um, the first one is events. So one of the questions that I always get is, um, when are there events? What are events? Um, how do I learn about coffee? Um, coffee people will go to their first coffee event and say, wow, you know, there's this whole world out here. Where's, uh, when will I ever get to do this again? And probably you guys, as well as me, your Facebook and social media feeds are like full of throwdowns and tastings and coffee, all kinds of stuff. And other people don't have access to that. So I just created a public calendar. Um, I submit to it, but also anyone can submit to it from anywhere. So if you know of an event and want to share it with your community, you just put it up on my website under the events tab. Um, so that's an example of how I'm kind of helping individuals. Right. Um, but a company wanted to, you know, post on there too. Like, so I'm also posting for Coffee Con and the Coffee Festival program and uh, Coffee Fest and, of course, SEA stuff. Um, so it's all there and available in one central location. When and will I he- see you again? That's what you got every single time. The song and it's gonna be, when will my heart be again? <laughs> you know that so right now, <laughs> I don't. I don't okay. know any cultural references. Haven't you guys figured that out by now? I mean, Spanakopita. I thought you knew everything. Yes. No. Only I know this like little tiny spectrum of stuff. 
but I, I think you're cool, Anne. So don't like, don't sell yourself short. I mean, I feel like I'm cool. I just don't watch any television or movies or anything. Oh yeah, I'm cool, Jerry. I just don't know anything about that. You're stuff. cooler than me, yeah. actually, because I yeah. watch TV. You're probably. I guess than I'm me. like a I don't watch TV kind of person. No, I uh, I only binge watch certain shows at a time. So like Gilmore Girls. You guys want to talk Gilmore Girls? I got you. You only have no? four episodes. Four episodes and out. Well, I actually ended up watching. I watched all the whole show this year. Oh, there. Um, go. so because I had never seen it before. Because that so, one, it's from like the '90s, right? It's an old show. Yeah. Well, technically, it's from like the mid 2000s. Oh, okay, cool. It's I from get those lines after blurred. I was in college, so it's a high school slash college show, and I was a Buffy girl. And Gilmore Girls is like after Buffy. So I'm anyway. so out of the loop on this. So we were looking at the Sprudgy stuff. And then what does their show have to do with coffee? Because they uh, were nominated for a Sprudgy for best coffee video slash film along with uh, myself. So vote for me and not them, maybe. <laughs> but <laughs> shameless plug. OK, uh, so the Gilmore Girls has this uh there's a character in the Gilmore Girls named Luke and he owns a diner and the Gilmore Girls go to Luke's diner and okay. have coffee on it all the time. They are like extremely addicted to coffee. Oh, and gotcha. Luke is like the, you know, backwards hat, flannel shirt, grouchy man um, guy <laughs> who it's all the coffee is like terrible. He's but they the also angsty barista. Um, he's the diner guy. Okay. I, he's, you can't call him a barista. They don't, he doesn't, he would, I think, be offended by, because <laughs> it's like an eggs and potatoes place. Okay. With I gotcha. Nerves, so. Good knowledge. Good yeah. knowledge. So the so. calendar, the calendar that you do is like an example of, that's basically a free service that you provide, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And then the revenue generating stuff that's more like one-on-one consulting. People would email you and be like, hey, I have this problem. And you're like, if there was a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Yep, exactly. Um, So working with people through their kind of um, decisions of what they want to do next in terms of a job, in terms of career and coffee. Um, And that's actually something I'm planning on starting next year is launching a a webinar series on just defining different roles in the industry. So starting with um, the professional barista and what it means to be a professional barista and then going along through the supply chain. So professional barista, then a professional roaster, uh, someone who's a trader or works in green coffee, um, and then a coffee uh, producer or working in NGO, like nonprofit. So there's all these different areas and careers in coffee. Um, oh, and I didn't even talk about marketing and sales. So that can mm. be in there too. And um, uh, something I noticed with a lot of, especially younger coffee professionals, is they don't even realize that there's these kind of opportunities out there. And so just defining it and talking to people who um, have done it and how they got there I think will be kind of really cool and I'm excited. Um, I'm going to have confirmed details for my first one really soon. So you guys can look up my website and yeah. And that will be like a low, a small fee to attend them and a package fee to 
see them all all year. Rad. Do um. Oh. So. Are there some sort of questions? I, I, at least I find for myself when I'm speaking to like young people who are coming into the industry and they have this whole thing where their basic idea is I love coffee and I want to learn it all. And I find myself asking certain questions, you know, like to try to get a little more out of them about what their passions and their values are and like where they'd actually be happy versus that whole mm -hmm. thing. You know, you come into it and you're just so passionate about everything you think because it's so fun and there's so much energy and we do have such an amazing community. Are there any questions or any things that you tend to ask people to kind of get a little more out of them? Yeah, totally. And it, it does also really depend on each person. So I kind of have individual questions, but I think the biggest thing I try to do is just break people out of the, a mold or stereotype that they, a path that they think they have to be on. Um, right. So one of the most common things I think is people come into the industry, they're professional baristas, and they think that they either have to become a retail cafe manager, um, or they have to, or they want to start roasting, or um, the very favorite is they want to cup coffee all day, every day, or they want to be a cupping technician. And um you know, my reaction to that is like, well, why do you think that? Right. And, and then there's things that they'll tell you about themselves, you know, like, oh, I'm a really creative person and I really, I'm an artist in my spare time, but I want to be in a lab all day, you know, skimming cups of coffee. And it's like, do you though? Do you? And, you know, sometimes it's, it's funny, you know, I even had a conversation with a barista last week who he was like, I need a job. I need to become a barista. He was like, just trying to get into the industry. And I said, okay, cool. And I literally walked him over to an owner of a cafe who is hiring. And I said, Hey person, this is this person, this person needs a job. And then they shook hands and had a conversation and it was like, okay, sweet. And then the barista turned to me and he was like, well, actually, I'm going to try to like become a manager of a cafe because I know a guy who knows a guy. So I'm like not going to take this job that you just gave me. And I'm like, but you're also not going to become a manager of a cafe if you have no experience. It was, <laughs> you know, so it's like stuff like that. That's what I really love to help people get through and learn. And yes, values are super important. I loved your guys' values podcast, by the way. Like, Oh, thank you. That one was maybe my favorite. And I actually have a question for you guys about it. Let's do it. Um, I'm curious if since you guys have opened, there's been any like challenges or like things that have been tested um, when it comes to your guys' values in... Honestly, values-wise, no. Um, it's more about the clarification of where people think. So I guess I get in, in the frames of like saying it's a challenge, I guess some of the challenge would be like, Oh, I didn't even realize that that value applied here. And now that you're like opening my eyes to it, I totally understand. And it totally makes sense. So, yeah. you know, people who have experience per se somewhere, um, and it's usually honestly something really simple where they're like, oh, yeah, I forgot that applied mm -hmm. everywhere. It doesn't just apply to these places that you spoke of in training. 
and it's just opening their minds, especially with things like simple things like courtesy. Um, in our cafe, people have gone and filled waters in the in the cafe for guests, and uh-huh. now they've started filling ca- uh, waters for guests and each other. You know, it's like that extends past the guests; it extends uh-huh. to your staff members as well. Little things like that. So it's just honestly, it's more just like. Uh, it's just going deeper down the rabbit hole or down the path. So, but yeah. aside from that, honestly, no, we've been, I feel really proud. We've been really clear for the very most part. Um, and unless it's something that I or Chris haven't outlined enough that it would be black and white and that we wouldn't feel that we could hold them accountable for as far as like a rule or something, uh, values wise, we've been just dialed. It's kind of insane to me, really. Yeah, that's awesome. Right, Chris? That's really cool. Would you agree? I 100% agree. Yeah. And I think I think the reason that is is because those values aren't an extracurricular thing for us. It's not like right. you work in the cafe and you're a barista or a reg op and then also we have these values. It's these are our values. Everything goes through them first. They're not an add-on to our culture. They're like the meat and potatoes of our culture. And then everything else is influenced by them. Right. Yeah. So it totally. makes it easier for sure. You know, it's yep. also true in the way that, I mean, through the values uh, podcast earlier, we talked about how the people we hire already align and we're getting better every time. But so far, like 90% of the people, everybody we've hired are hitting like 90% of our values inherently. So you don't necessarily have to reteach those things. They just understand it already which is also something we're really proud of. So working on figuring out a a really great interview process and asking those kind of probing questions and making people expound on them in such a way where they have to speak about what's going on inside of them and what they actually believe versus being able to answer sort of semi-black and white questions where it's like, yeah, obviously, I'm like one of the best employees at the place and the thing. And if you make them talk about why and like how these applications work, it it comes out. Things come out. Yeah, I just posted um, a, a post this week about um, language and communicating in the industry. And um, that is something that comes up so often is that idea of somebody coming in and saying, I'm the best. And um, that always for me is a red flag. It's like, you if you say that, then that is not actually accurate. <laughs> um and one of the tests I always use, one of my interview questions I always ask is, um, what's the best coffee experience you've ever had? And I'm going to, now I'm going to blow it because I'm going to publicly tell everybody how to pass my test. So maybe I'll have to think of a new one. But the idea is that the the answer that you should give if you have a hospitality focused value core is one that's an actual experience and not something that demonstrates your technical skill. So an answer, so my answer, my, my best, the one that always, I always go back to is I once went to Kova coffee and Devin Chapman brewed me a Chemex on the, uh, new, the Abel cone. It was like right when the Abel cone came out and he made me a Chemex and we did not talk about, how we made it or what it was. And then we drank together and he said that he loved sharing coffee 
And it didn't really matter to him if the coffee was this coffee, which is beautiful and delicious, or if it was Fred Meyer coffee from the can that he was sharing with his grandma. And I was like, oh, Devin, me too. Yay. So that's an example, you know, or like being on a coffee farm and having coffee at this beautiful moment looking out over this vista. An answer that's not good is like, I learned how to brew this awesome 90 second extraction of a V60 where I filtered my own water because it's clear that you're not going to prioritize the experience of your guest. You're going to prioritize your sciencey brain and stuff. And probably your coffee will not actually taste good. Um, And definitely the experience will not be good. I like that you have a a behavioral question in that Mm -hmm. you are prompting someone to like describe a moment instead of just being like, do you like customer service? Yes, I do. I think it's great. You make it dive a little deeper. Uh, yeah. And then we take a little bit of a break from that because we don't actually ask people about coffee at all. Yeah. In an interview. No, I, I think mean, that's co- good. Yeah. It's funny because people do come expecting to answer coffee questions and they don't have any. And a lot of them will comment during the interview process and be like, this is the most interesting interview I've been in. I didn't expect to answer questions like this. And then they have to sit and think which we love. Let me just try to make them feel as comfortable as possible when they're having to sit yeah. and think and we're staring at them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, one other thing, like I, it's funny cause it's like, I've conducted a lot of interviews, but also because I'm, um, I've also been in a lot of interviews, like experienced a lot of interviews. And one thing that I think is really helpful is if the, if folks get their interview questions ahead of time, or at least like an idea of what the questions are going to be like. So one example is when I interviewed to be a retail manager at Starbucks, um, I was on the phone with their HR person and they were asking me questions and it was really clear that they had a very specific answer that they were looking for. It would be something like, Name a time where you have um, achieved results for your team. Totally. And you're sitting there being like, uh, well, uh, and so I got off the phone and I called someone who had been a district manager at Starbucks and was like, hey, how do I answer these questions? Like, what do I do? I don't understand what they're asking me. And he was like, yeah, sure. Here's the like chart that Starbucks uses to hire people you need to answer questions based on what this criteria is which they have like a five point criteria so like i recently went through another interview and i the first interview was great second interview they were like p.s today we're going to talk about values what's your five-year plan and i had just left starbucks and i was like i have no idea like i do not know what my five-year plan is going to be and i cannot talk about it right now so that interview did not go very well (laughs) No plans, just kicking it. Yeah, just like I don't know, it's life is weird sometimes, and I I really like margaritas and tacos. I do, yeah. I like bubbles too. (laughs) Bubbles, anything with bubbles, and karaoke, obviously. So, you know, (laughs) so I didn't get that job, which is fine. And then I went and drank bubbles and sang karaoke, which was also fine. And now I'm doing my thing that I'm doing. But the big takeaway I had was like. You know, I can also, I can help a lot of people 
um, through their interview process. But also it's really helpful on the company side if you let people know what the process is going to look like. You know, like, don't stress if we don't ask you about coffee for this whole interview. That's not what this interview is about. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Without a I'm just doubt. Saying. With, yeah, without a doubt. It's really it's really fun to get people through our interviews like that. Do you um what's your favorite thing about coffee? Oh, that is a really good question. I should have prepped you for this. This is an interview question. I know. Um just kidding. It's not an interview question. I kinda of want to put it back to you so I can stall and think of something. You can put but, it back so to me. What's your favorite thing about coffee? People. Yeah, my, okay. My favorite thing. See, about, that's I was going to say that, but that's too like simple, right? <laughs> not really because coffee is actually like for me quite a bit less important than the actual experience that we utilize coffee for. Coffee's an ingredient and everything surrounding coffee is what makes it special. Coffee itself is actually not the special thing. Like coffee grows anywhere. I can grow coffee in my literally here right now. Okay. And it'll grow and it'll still be coffee. And that doesn't make it good at all. So everything else is what makes coffee good. We just drink it and it's an ingredient. So for me, and we have our company values, which is what we do and how I think we're going to be successful. And that all utilizes coffee and the way we decide to align ourselves, whether it be values and the people we work with and the ethics that they have and the ethics that we have. And hopefully um, our expansion program and it all goes through people. And so for me, that's, that's where, that's my ability. That's where, that's the way I speak and back it up. And the experience is important as well, but the experience all is surrounded by how well people execute it. So that's why it's important. People. Yeah, totally. So it's actually been even kind of interesting going through this interview because, you know, I've listened to your guys' podcasts and I mean, some of the stories I think are so awesome about, the work that people do on coffee, um, on, you know, you guys have gone through all kinds of espresso specs that have been really helpful and, you know, brewing techniques and strategies for competition that are all highly, highly technical. And sometimes I feel like, I sometimes feel like I don't belong in the industry in this way because I don't love coffee, I think, as much as I love the coffee industry, if that makes sense. So, like, exactly totally. like what you're saying, Jared, like, it's an ingredient and it's awesome, but that's not really what motivates me. What motivates me is, like, watching, you know, the improvement. And it's it's so cool to, like, watch an interaction between a producer and a barista where it's a genuine like thing of friendship that's happened because of what we've done. Um, or, you know, to watch like watching you guys launch your, the program this year and your Kickstarter campaign and everything like that. Like I was just watching kind of from afar. I gave you guys some dollars, but you know, just watching that and seeing these, you guys are so passionate about what you're doing and bringing all of that to a community, to me, that's what the priority is. And then, yeah, I need a cup of coffee and I need it to be good. Right. Um, I would actually argue that that's probably why people like you should be in the coffee industry because 
I don't think anyone's right or wrong or like you have to have a service focus and you can't have a quality focus. I think for the industry to be successful as a whole, we need people to fill all of those voids. We definitely need people who are uber focused on coffee quality. And this is how we can create like hands down the best cup of coffee for whatever given style they want to go to. We need people who can bring in people and do customer service. We need people who can connect different parts of the supply chain. Like, they're all important, so I don't think it's just like the super geeky technical ones who are like the only ones that should be represented in the industry. Honestly, those ones should not be represented as much. No offense. They need to be like helping everybody else get better, and then the focus needs to be less upon them and what they can do and more like who they can teach and make better, and they, in my mind, need to be more in the background and less... I mean, I'm not saying that they don't deserve credit. They need credit. But, you know, it's, it's picture all these people who are the best. Who are they teaching to be better or are they just utilizing it for themselves and only themselves? And that's yeah. where my mind goes. Like, are they actually making the whole industry better or are they just looking to make themselves more awesome? Yeah, like one thing I, I say to people who kind of laud and commend um folks who win barista championships and then go on to become consultants or have an idea that then is like picked up, you know, like, um, someone does some cool presentation. Let's, let's talk about the hopper swap. Cause I don't think anybody actually does that in a cafe, but that's a good example. So Mike Phillips did the hopper swap where he served three coffees during his routine And let's live in a world where everyone decided that Mike Phillips was a genius and that every cafe should swap out hoppers. So that's what we're going to do. And I think probably people listening, if they follow competitions, can think of some other examples where that's happened. Um, And one thing I always say to folks is, you know, what you see when you see a competitor compete and win they worked very, very hard. They're doing an excellent job of what they're doing, but what they're doing, what you're measuring is how good they can make three courses of espresso in 15 minutes. They're not showing you how to run a business or a cafe. They're not showing you their company values. They're not showing you how to roast coffee or how to source coffee. They're showing you the process of preparation and that's all. And so sometimes the ideas are applicable but a lot of times they're not, and they're also not helpful. They actually can be detrimental to your service. Um, so just being really careful with just because you saw it on a competition stage and it was cool doesn't necessarily mean it's the right decision for your business. Um, and so that's kind of one thing I always try to put out there without hating on my competitors because, you know, well, it's not I about think. hate anyway. It's just about application. Yeah. Like even my thing, right? it's like I love people who can nail a perfect TDS and so on and so forth. And it's like that's really great and important and it applies somewhere. But is it the only thing you're going to focus on? That's more what I'm thinking. It's like everything exactly. needs to be managed yeah. in its right place. And there's a place for everyone, as kind of Chris yeah. was saying. And yeah, whether or not you feel like you fit into the coffee industry maybe says something about our coffee industry and we need to keep making it bigger and open it up a well, little more. I just still, you know, just shove my way in anyway. And sometimes people get mad at me because I'm like, 
yeah, I don't really care. Like, you know, I remember when I saw my first can of Albertson's coffee with the Rainforest Alliance certification on it, and I was like, sweet, I'm going to buy that for my grandma. You know, it's like that is the step that is I'm really proud of. And yes, at the other end, we can talk about, you know, whether or not we should rinse our filters or, you know, I remember the debate over weighing shots. I'm glad that we've kind of gotten to a place of consensus, but that was like, back and forth forever like no volumetric no way shots no it's like who cares can we just make nice coffee and be nice to people <laughs> well I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and go like against the grain on that whole thing a little bit because i think yeah. it's like like it's pretty important i mean let's say you're managing all these things as a business if there is a tool or a method or something that without changing anything else can just make your customers have better coffee or, you know, teach you to be able to roast better coffee or brew better coffee that you should probably pay attention to it. You know, I don't think that it's fluff or smoke and mirrors or not worth the debate, you know, and I remember being part of that debate because it was happening while, you know, we were in the mix okay. on things and it's just like, it's not even a debate. Like weighing shots is far more accurate than using volumetrics or using, you know, like one and a half ounces and doing it by eye. Like it just is, you know, it's, it's not. <laughs> and for most yeah. people, for, for 99% of people, it's going to help them produce better espresso and people of all different uh, barista, you know, skill sets. Um, Totally. And there, and there so, are people who are doing like research like that that I think are doing it as a service too. You know, you have like the Matt Pergers of the world to where he does crazy experimentation, but he also publishes it and writes really well and presents it to people in an easy way that they can understand it, um, which I think is awesome. Yeah. So, no, I do too. And it was really interesting when I was recently with Starbucks because it was the first time I'd ever been in the position where I had to fend for coffee quality over service. So usually I'm in this position of being in a cafe where people say like, you know, oh, we need to have blah, 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 blah. And I say what I said now, and I'm not disputing, we should all weigh our shots, everybody. I'm not arguing that we shouldn't. Um, that that debate is long since over, please follow your recipes and pull your shots. Nailed it. Um, it makes it taste much better. But when I was at Starbucks, um, there was this point where I would be managing on our cafe floor and someone, people would go, our shots, they're not tasting good. And I would say, well, when was the last time you weighed your output? Because we would do output, we would check, you know, it's supposed to be once every hour or half hour. And we went on this debate of whether or not we needed to weigh the output of our shots or do volumetric. And I was like, guys, like, this is not up for debate, just like what you're saying to me, Chris. And then people would be like, well, we've got to get out the drinks, you know, we got to get our and I'm like, if we're not getting out our drinks in time, and they're not tasting good, we're not solving a problem here. We are making it worse, because that's also part of the experience. You can't you can't even get to the point where you're talking about what the great service experience is going to be if you don't have a baseline of high quality technical skill. Right, um, but technical that, skill doesn't have to be the only thing you talk about. Absolutely. And I, I think just to clarify on, on like to wrap the whole thing in a little bow and kick it out the door is that 
Yeah. The you know, good service and high quality focus are not mutually exclusive. Like the best places are gonna be able to marry both of those together and package them in a way that customers can enjoy them, I think. Is like yes. I, I for one do not want to get good service and shitty coffee. It's not that appealing to me, you know, but it's not you can do yeah. both. And then the your example with Starbucks is interesting because that screams to me almost more of like a deeper systematic problem to which why were the whoever was challenging you on this why would they mm-hmm. even go to challenge you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i can't imagine mm-hmm. ever having that conversation with one of our baristas with jared going and be like hey you need to weigh your output they're like no nah, i don't think so it's like <laughs> cool i'll just take the bar right now see ya you're all, you're all, yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah, like, yeah that would never happen like wh- like that comes from a different deep-seated like really dark place i think well it comes from the company culture of being a starbucks barista where the output so the output expectation at a traditional store was a drink every 90 seconds so on the automated machines which can by the way make like decent espresso and you can totally pour latte art so if you're a starbucks barista listening and you want to learn holler at me like i can we can do this um but you have to do it really fast and so there's this inherent cultural pressure from all baristas at starbucks to get the drinks out faster and like to get the culture to say hey let's focus let's make sure it tastes good let's taste the espresso let's weigh the shots it's a funny thing because you're like oh I thought we've already covered this, but it's what has showed, demonstrated to me that like there's a lot of opportunity for me to share what you know the three of us already know and what a lot of the coffee community knows. But there's still potentially thousands more baristas that can be learning more of these things, and that's kind of what I'm trying to get to. And that's what a coffee strategist emotional growth specialist does see i threw in some extra words in there for you and and freedom what was i a freedom she-ra and she freedom journalist yes journalist of the free world and before we go where can people find you if they want to get a hold of you so i am all over the internet at afnylander.com so that's facebook twitter and instagram uh, or AF Nylander, sorry. And then my website is Ann, A-N-N-E-F Nylander. Um, the F stands for Fasty. It's my um, mother's maiden name, my grandma's name. So that's what it stands for. Some nice. people call me Ann Freakin' Nylander, though, or other words. Ann <laughs> no. Freakin' Nylander. Ann F. And it was super rad to have you on, because I've known you forever, and we haven't talked for a while, and this was kind of... I know. This was a lot of fun. And I still, I'm still so proud of you guys. So keep up the good work down there. I need Thank to come visit. So come hang. Come hang. We have, we have a couch still. You can make a... Yeah, I need, I need to make some Sanacopita for you guys again, I guess. We don't even know Stay what tuned. we are about. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Before Jared breaks down into song, this has been the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast. Thank you all for listening in. If you're so inclined, please go ahead on to spreads.com slash vote and vote for you boys in the 2016 Spreadgy Awards. We will catch you later. Don't even say I love you. No more. And you're the best. <laughs> Thanks, you guys. Okay, bye then. <laughs>